Check one, two, one, two. Is this thing working? You're listening to Rabbi Ariel Schollklapper, the wisdom and tools you need to thrive. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. We're going to jump into step eight here. Before we do that, I just want to remind you, steps eight and nine are meant to be a couple. So we do step eight, and then pretty right away we start to go into step nine, just like four and five, six and seven. These are a couple. And remember that this, all of this is for your healing and your freedom. So take it as you need to. Take it slowly, go quickly, go at your own pace. Step eight. We've got nine quotes for this step. Step eight is made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. So first step of that is going to be making a list, right? So quote number one, we've been wronged. We have allowed ourselves to be harmed, unquote. So there's both of those, if you're being honest with yourself in codependency and probably in any addiction is like, yeah, we have been wronged, but also there's our own responsibility in how we've maybe put ourselves into situations where we've allowed ourselves to be harmed as well. That's going to be a big emphasis of this process. Quote number two, much of what we're feeling that we call codependency is unearned guilt, unquote. Unearned, meaning we probably took responsibility. Many of us took responsibility for things that were not our fault or not anything to do with us, really. Taking responsibility for how other people feel, feel or act or carry themselves. That's part of unpacking codependency. Once we can recognize what part is ours, what part isn't, then almost inevitably we'll start to recognize, oh my gosh, in that situation, I was taking on their stuff. It wasn't really mine. So the things I might feel guilty about, they're nothing to do with me. Quote number three, in what relationships do we need to be able to hold our heads up and allow our hearts to be open and filled with love, even if that love comes from a distance and with detachment, unquote. So this is the question of who goes on the list, right? Asking ourselves to discern who's going to end up on this list. Part of that, answering that is who do you yearn to be connected with? Who do you wish there was some kind of repair that could happen? Whether this is family or friends or former employers or, or I don't know who. That's the question that we're going to ask is like, who do I actually wish I could have a more healthy connection with? And a lot of people have resistance around this, not understanding that just because you come to have a healthy relationship doesn't mean you're going to have proximity. You can have love from a distance. You can have repair and amends from a distance. You can set boundaries that are going to help you maintain your sanity and space, respectful of them and also safe for you. And of course, the next 
name that's going to go on the list is going to be yourself. So quote number four, the name that goes on the third list is our own name, which I'm going to pause in the middle of this quote. The way that Melody sets up the list making for this step is make one less list of people who have harmed us, people we feel like owe us an apology. Make just so that you can get it out, basically. And the second list is the people that we feel like we have harmed by our own behaviors. And the third is ourselves. And I think that that is critical. If we don't recognize our own harming ourselves in this process, I feel like there's a misunderstanding of what actually is within our power and the ways in which codependency actually has taken over. And to me, that's going to be a central piece of how you can heal, is recognizing the ways in which your own codependency has wronged yourself. So here, actually, quote four, I'll read it now fully, is more of ways that we have harmed ourselves. So quote number four, the name that goes on the third list is our own name. We're usually the people we've harmed the most with our codependency. We're the people we most need to become willing to make amends to. By repressing our feelings and thoughts, neglecting ourselves, criticizing ourselves, shaming ourselves, denying reality, being so frightened, holding ourselves down, pushing ourselves back, believing absolutely untrue things about ourselves, being too harsh, too critical, too demanding. We have certainly done ourselves wrong. Denying and depriving ourselves is wrong. Not trusting ourselves or listening to ourselves is wrong. Not loving ourselves is wrong. Allowing ourselves to be lied to and deceived to the point that we no longer listen to or heed our instincts is wrong. Thinking we're crazy and bad for surviving is wrong. Holding other people's issues or inappropriate behaviors against ourselves is wrong. Unquote. So it's like, that's the longest quote I think I might have read so far. But this is a list of all the ways that in the agreements that we've made, the beliefs that we've taken on, the ways that we've put ourselves down, denying our own reality, shaming ourselves, believing ourselves to be unworthy, putting ourselves in situations where we're not trusting ourselves. Those are wrong to ourselves. Those are things that we need to repair Codependency is first and foremost about forming a loving relationship with yourself so that you can create a freedom and a recognition of your worthiness of having healthy relationships, being able to work through this. Quote number five, allowing ourselves to be abused or mistreated is wrong regardless of the degree of the abuse. It's not okay to let ourselves be talked to or touched inappropriately. Neglecting ourselves is wrong. Ignoring what we want and need sometimes to the point that our minds, bodies, and souls rebel by getting sick is wrong. Neglecting or diminishing our gifts and talents is wrong. Every behavior we list as codependent is in truth a wrong done towards ourselves. Sometimes it involves a wrong done to someone else too. We need to be absolutely honest about both. Until we do, we will not have the map for the rest of our recovery. 
Allowing others to treat us badly inevitably leads to resentment toward the other person. We need to deal with this resentment. But we also need to be willing to make amends to ourselves for not treating ourselves with the respect we deserve. Unquote. I don't know that I could say much better about that, but I think the, the line that I had that was really bolded here was, Every list, every behavior we list as codependent is in truth a wrong done towards ourselves. I think the way I think about that is it's a certain amount of self-abandonment. It's not listening to and heeding our own needs, not feeling worthy of having our own needs met. It's not respecting ourselves, not giving ourselves the respect we deserve. That's what we're building. We're building the ability to actually recognize that our needs are legitimate and not to take on other people's stuff for them. Quote number six, caution. There is no reason to feel guilty or prepare to make an amend if what we have done is to take care of ourselves, unquote. Now, this one I like bolded and underlined it and like put it like exclamation points here. I think that I've, there are circumstances where you just had to take care of yourself and that's what you were doing. That's like, maybe you didn't do the best job possible of doing it. And maybe there's some accountability to be had in that. But for the most part, if what you were doing was setting a boundary that's appropriate, if what were you, you were doing was taking care of yourself, you don't have nothing to apologize about. For me, I think that there are people who I care about and want to have a continued relationship and they don't understand why all of the sudden I'm setting a boundary. Even though I think that the relationship has been abusive or not held my confidence or been dishonest. And in those cases, I will say something to them, but it's more along the lines of, I'm sorry if what I needed to do to take care of myself hurt you. It's not apologizing for what I've done. I'm just sorry that it hurt them because I care about them. And I'm telling them I, it wasn't intended to do that. It wasn't intended to hurt you. I needed to take care of myself. That's like the, I'm not going to apologize, but I want you to know that I care about you and I needed to take care of myself. Quote number seven, I would be entirely justified, I thought, if I withdrew into a cave, became a recluse, and never spoke to any of them again. That place, however justified, is not pleasant. It's not a place of feeling connected with myself or others. It's a place constructed of and decorated with fear, unquote. So, yeah, that's like, as for some of us, it's the people who want to flee, the fight, flight, freeze, the people of us who just want to run away from things, go seclude ourselves and isolate. And yeah, it's okay to have time to yourself, but this is not just having time for yourself. This is feeling like I just never want to connect ever again, be se like separate and be all on my own. And that sounds 
It sounds kind of nice, actually. <laughs> I think it sounds kind of nice, but it's also like, do I want to be living my whole life without having loving connections because of the trauma that I've experienced? I'd rather heal and be able to have healthy relationships and also know how to take time to myself. And that's okay too, but not to sort of totally isolate. I think I think I have an issue with this, I guess, that I, I feel like in our society, taking time to yourself and being introverted and like is almost considered pathological. It's like, oh, you, you're isolating from, from other people. Like, what's wrong with you? And it's like, no, there's nothing wrong with you if you want to have, if you nurture yourself by being with yourself. I just think that, that our, our culture has made that into something that's negative. And I, I think that's really harmful, actually, because there's a lot of people who probably their pathology is that they can't be alone. Like, how many of us know people who, like, they can't even have a meal on their own? I think that that's more destructive. Like, they can't, they always need someone around them. Otherwise, they feel unsafe, as opposed to the people who, like, want to have time to themselves. I, I don't know. To me, that's a weird thing. And yeah, this is just saying if you want to isolate to the point where you never want to talk to people ever again, period, that maybe we want to work on that. We want to work on our codependency in a way that helps us foster loving relationships with ourselves and with other people. And be easy on yourself in the process. Quote number eight. All that has come into our lives was designed to prepare us to become who we are and to help us learn the lessons we came here to learn, unquote. End of the day, you're always been doing the best you can. And I think this is just saying, as you are now, love yourself. Recognize you've been doing the best you can all along. You are going to improve, you are going to repair, but recognize that really you have been doing your best all along, so don't beat yourself up. This is back to that unearned guilt from the second quote. It's like, don't beat yourself up for stuff you didn't know any better. You're, I mean, you can, but it's not very helpful for your process. You're just beating yourself up for the sake of beating yourself up, I guess. Quote number nine, my relationships reflected my unresolved issues and my fears. My relationships reflected my beliefs about what I deserved from love, what I was willing to tolerate, unquote. This is why we're here. We're here to develop loving relationships with ourselves and others, and that starts within. If you don't believe that you're worthy of love, chances are that other people will, the people you're going to attract into your life and other people will uh, fall into line with that belief about you. Or that you're going to actually act in a way that shows other people that you're not worthy of that. It's ultimately from what you're willing to tolerate. So what you'll notice over the course of recovery is that as you have a better sense of yourself, set better boundaries, the relationships that you have will improve or change. It all starts within. And last quote, quote number 10. Many of us are carrying around residue from relationships that are decades old. 
we have not yet reconciled and made our peace with the past, unquote. And that's what we're doing in this step, is we're clearing out the stuff that needs to be brought into the light. We're feeling it. We're reframing it. We're allowing it to heal. We're taking responsibility and accountability for our part in those things if there is some to be taken care of. And we keep growing. We're learning to become better and creating space for the healing, for the love, for the growth that we want to have. That's what this process is. So make those lists. But ultimately, I think it's so important that that third list, the one that you make about yourself and the ways that you need to treat yourself and be more accountable to yourself, that one, I think, has to be the most important piece of this eighth step, in my opinion. Keep coming back. It works if you work it and you're worth it. I'll see you in step nine. To stay updated on new episodes, subscribe on iTunes or follow on Facebook.com slash Rabbi Shulk. That's Rabbi Shulk, R-A-B-B-I-S-H-O-L-K.